my son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. It's one thing falling in love with a house, picturing yourself moving in and calling it home, and quite another navigating the world of price negotiating, mortgage lenders, and finding the budget that works best for you. An agent who's a Realtor can make understanding that world easier. Realtors have the expertise, access to proprietary data, and tools to help you get from imagining living somewhere to actually doing it. That's the kind of help we can provide. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome to Football Full Circle right here on the Sports Grid Television and Radio Network. Joe Lisi and Ritz Sermonello kicking it around for the next couple of hours. We are two weeks away from the start of the 2022 season. Doesn't get better than this, Rich. We have a lot of news to talk about today. Yeah, we do, Joe. A little uh, nip in the air here on the uh, East Coast, uh, (laughs) symbolic of the football season right around the corner. And you're right, we're two weeks away. We get... A little taste of action in week zero and then uh, full swing uh, the weekend of Labor Day. But a uh, lot happening in camp, some injuries, uh, quarterback battles, uh, no shortage of news uh, as we uh, approach the start of the 2022 season. Oh, without a doubt. We'll get to those news and notes uh, surrounding the injuries. One just came down yesterday for Notre Dame, their star wide receiver potentially out. But we'll start with the Big Ten, right? They they do get UCLA and USC this this coming year that have agreed to join the, the conference in 2023. And they're ending their 10, a 40-year relationship with ESPN. This is big news, Rich, in terms of moving forward to potentially challenge the SEC. Yeah, it, it's huge news from a media standpoint. It, it, it's interesting, Joe. I, throughout the offseason, we've talked uh, a lot about non-on-field type situations, a lot of business, a lot of individuals who are college football fans are learning about NIL, uh, realignment, uh, media rights deals, and this is just the latest. I, I think it's a good move for the Big Ten. I I think it's a good move for fans in general. Uh, you know, I love ESPN and their coverage. Obviously, they've done a solid to all college football fans for generations now. Uh, but I, there's this sort of monopoly that has taken place with ESPN and college football. And I think as the Big Ten plants its flag deeper into Fox, now with the additions of NBC and CBS moving forward, Uh, having access to that L.A. market and all of the great Midwest markets, the New York market with uh, with Rutgers as well. Uh, I think it's a really big deal for Fox, NBC and CBS. And again, I think it's a good deal for fans, too, because I want a little bit of competition when it comes to media rights in college football. And and now we have it And, and we see such a stark difference here. SEC, ESPN, Big Ten. Fox, NBC, CBS. So it's an interesting dichotomy between those two media networks. It really is. And what does this mean for Notre Dame potentially moving forward, right? They are the golden goose in terms of all of these conferences wanting to attach themselves to the fighting Irish because of the sponsorship deals and the potential in terms of TV viewership with Marcus Freeman and the crew. But now they made the $75 million a year pitch to NBC. We haven't heard from that whether NBC will will move on that to just keep the fighting Irish as an independent. But in fact, if now the Big Ten does, you know, televise on NBC right before, let's say, a Notre Dame game, 
team, that can only help the conference as a whole and potentially lure the Fighting Irish to maybe go to the Big Ten, maybe not this year in terms of making that decision, but maybe in 2023 or 2024. Yeah, and I, I think it makes so much sense. And and I understand uh, Notre Dame has this longstanding tradition of independence. They covet that. Uh, there are many financial benefits to it. And, and I understand all of that. But college football is, as we welcome in our radio audience, college football is moving more towards these two power conferences, SEC and all the weight that they have. Big 10 in their uh, mode of adding new schools could even add more schools uh, and more uh, media platforms moving forward. I, I think it makes a ton of sense for Notre Dame to join the Big 10. I, I don't know what the university will do. They hold all the cards, but it would be a monster deal for the school and for the network if after adding USC and UCLA out of LA if they can grab Notre Dame. I think it makes sense, but in the end, it all comes down to dollars as most decisions do in sports. Absolutely. We saw a quarterback being named as the first team for the Missouri Tigers, right? Connor Basilak, the starter last year, is now with Tom Allen in Indiana. Now Brady Cook does get the nod for the Missouri Tigers. You look at Missouri last year, they limped to a bowl loss to Army, but Brady Cook played very well. 79% completion percentage, 345 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Maybe, just maybe, he can get them over a six-win season. I just don't know if the defense will take the next step. Last year, they, they allowed 5.3 yards per carry. They lose their starting running back, Tyler Batty, to the NFL. I think Missouri is up against it although Cook has played very well in the limited action last season. It made sense for Eli Drinkwitz, uh, who's in a hot seat type of situation for Missouri. Go with the veteran. Uh, has some you know, young talent there. To me, the biggest story here was in the offseason, Joe. They went hard after JT Daniels, Georgia. He winds up at West Virginia. They went hard after another Daniels, Jaden Daniels from Arizona State, winds up at LSU. So it was clear to me at that point that Eli Drinkwitz was not really confident about his quarterback room. It's going to be Brady Cook. It makes sense. But I think this could be a really tough year for Mizzou. Yeah, we'll see if they could get to 6-6 six and six right now. When we come back, we'll break down the ACC. Joe Lisi and Ritz Sermonello right here on the grid. Coming right back with ACC conference odds. Also talk some injury news. Keep it where it is. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car. It's the two-door coupe that was there for your first drive. The hatchback that took you cross-country and back. And the minivan that tackles the weekly carpool. For the cars you couldn't live without, trust Amica Auto Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. There are any number of reasons you might consider selling your home. To move closer to family, live within a smaller budget, or just wanting a change of scenery. Whatever your reasons, having to figure out all the various housing market trends in your area may not be what you signed up for. That's where an agent who is a Realtor comes in. Realtors have the expertise to help you find the right price and navigate the process to sell your home in a way that's right for you. That's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors.
Back on Football Full Circle, Joe Lisi, Ritz, Sermonello, breaking down all things college football. Talked about some news and notes surrounding the Big Ten and Missouri. Going to turn our attention to the ACC. And news broke out of South Bend last night. Avery Davis, their leading wide receiver for this year, tore his ACL, Rich. So he's going to be gone for the 2022 season. You look at that week one matchup already off the board right here on FanDuel against the Ohio State Buckeyes. Ohio State opened up as a 10.5 point favorite. They immediately bet it up to 15.5 prior to yesterday. And now this game is off the board. The total was originally set at 58. This can definitely hurt Notre Dame's offensive chances in this ball game. Maybe we see a little more of the running game week number one against the Buckeyes yeah and maybe throughout the first month Joe I that was my concern with with ND entering the season was the the passing attack the inexperience at quarterback with Tyler Buckner and Tyler Buckner has a ton of potential very good athlete uh, when he got reps last year he impressed but this can only hurt that passing game which does have Michael Mayer at tight end Lorenzo Styles I think has the potential at wide receiver to have a breakout season, but they can ill afford to lose more wide receivers right now. We don't know who the go-to guy in the passing game outside of Mayer. In terms of outside receivers, who's the number one at ND? It could have been Avery Davis. Now, obviously, that's not going to be the situation. So Marcus Freeman's going to have to lean even more so on young receivers, possibly a second tight end in the offense and the running game. And I, I just think it makes Notre Dame and that offense even more one-dimensional entering that opener against Ohio State. I think when you look at just the breakdown in that matchup, I don't think Marcus Freeman would want to go up against C.J. Stroud and that lethal offense for the Ohio State Buckeyes that averaged 40-plus per game and C.J. Stroud ripping apart Utah's defense in the Rose Bowl last game of the regular uh, bowl season last year for over 500 yards. That cannot be the recipe for Notre Dame. And if Ohio State did have a weakness, Rich, in the early part of last season, it was in, the, in terms of run support. They do have a new defensive coordinator in Jim Knowles, so maybe Notre Dame tries to run the football, shorten the game, and rely on that defense, and we'll see if that can play out in Columbus. I will say this in terms of Ohio State they've only lost two times since 2017 Rich in terms of just being straight up dominant against opponents in terms of the FBS and FCS 29 and 2 straight up at home only two losses came one in 2017 to Baker Mayfield in Oklahoma and last year as a 14 and a half point favorite to Oregon and Mario Cristobal we'll see if they can do it last line on the board prior to the injury had Ohio State instilled as a 15 and a half point favorite on FanDuel. Let's transition to the bigger news that came out earlier in the week. Hit Wake Forest and their starting quarterback, Sam Hartman. He's going to miss a period of time this uh, this season with a non-football injury. He's going to be out at least two months for the Wake Forest offense. You look at this team overall, they did make it to the ACC championship game last year. Hartman had a, broke, a breakout performance, 59% completion percentage, over 4,500 yards, 39 touchdowns, and 14 interceptions. Not a lot of depth behind him in terms of just the quarterbacks that are getting reps right now, right? Mitch Griffiths, who's a redshirt freshman, and Michael Kern, who's a, a redshirt sophomore. So this is a big hit to the Wake Forest offense this year. Yeah, I, I mean, there's no overstating how important this is to, to Wake Forest. Veteran quarterback, talented quarterback, uh, complex offense of Dave Clawson. So, it, you know, you really do need someone who's had those reps before. Uh, Wake no longer has that. Um, it, losing Sam Hartman, it's just it's going to be an immediate hit to that offense. That's the bad news. Uh, if you want to find some silver linings, uh, number one, uh, Dave Clawson does a great job of preparing young quarterbacks. Again, I'm not expecting Mitch Griffiths to, to be Sam Hartman 2.0 right out of the gate. But when you look at Sam Hartman's rookie season back in 2018, was solid. Uh, as a freshman, 16 touchdown passes, uh, eight interceptions, laid the, the ground floor for what has been a fantastic career in Winston-Salem. So, Dave Clawson with young quarterbacks, there's a history there. So I, I, I don't think you'll see, you know, someone who's ill-prepared or lost on the field. 
the non-conference schedule, Joe, relatively soft in September, so there should be a soft landing for Griffiths. He does have quality wide receivers uh, led by A.T. Perry. So, again, I, I think the, the dark horse candidacy of Wake Forest, which I had talked about throughout the summer in terms of winning the ACC, I think that goes out the window right now. This is a completely different team, but I still think they'll be able to move the ball. They'll score points. And, and the other uh, positive in all of this is, you know, now you're getting a long look of valuable reps uh, for their young quarterback. So, you know, possibly this helps the 2023 team. Yeah, absolutely. And let's look back to Sam Hartman's freshman season. Like you mentioned, he did get hurt. And that's where Jamie Newman stepped up as a freshman and led the team to a 3-1 and one record and a bowl appearance that season. So he, he has dealt with this before in terms of Dave Clawson getting his team prepared. And I, I agree with you. I think they can get back to potentially maybe a six-win season. But expecting this team to duplicate last year where they were 10-3 and three overall, I just think they're up against it. Coupled with the fact that the defense allowed over 400 total yards per game, they weren't good in run support. And when you look at the conference games, that they do have, they will be challenged from a defensive perspective. So we'll see if they could step up. We wish Sam Hartman the very best this season. Let's take a look at the conference odds because no surprise, right? Clemson right now on FanDuel, minus 155 to win the ACC. They are absolutely dominant, not just over the course of the last four or five years, Rich, but just since 2014, since they started this run in terms of making the college football playoffs since 2014, Clemson straight up is 64 and 7. That's a 902 winning percentage against ACC opponents. They just don't lose. And more importantly, you look at their two biggest games this year uh, at home against NC State and later in the year against the Miami Hurricanes, two teams that potentially can challenge them. They have been dominant since. 2015 at home in Death Valley, 46 and one straight up. So it's going to be very difficult to unseat the Clemson Tigers this year. Yeah, especially coming off a season in which you know they underperformed. Uh, not only did they not win the ACC title last year, as you know, they didn't even win the Atlantic, so they didn't appear in the ACC championship game. So I, I think this is a hungry program. It's a hum hungry coaching staff. In terms of most important players in college football, you know, DJ Uyunglele, the Clemson quarterback, has to be near the top of that list because as he goes, or Cade Klubnick, the true freshman backup quarterback, so goes Clemson in terms of their ACC title and, and playoff chances. The one thing that, that I need to point out is that defense of Clemson might be the best unit in the entire country. I, I would put them, their defense, I would put right there with Ohio State's offense in terms of best units in America. The defense is that good. I think they'll wind up giving up 10, 12, 13 points per game. That defense will have them in every game. So the offense is really what it comes down to. If that offense is even marginally better than a year ago, I don't think there's a team that can compete with Clemson this year. No, I agree with you. Are we buying into Miami? They they broke out those those new retro or I want to say traditional uniforms, uh, Miami Knights with the turquoise and the neon numbers that look eerily similar to the Oregon jerseys and, and uniforms from when Mario Cristobal was there. Are we buying into Miami as having a legitimate threat to challenge Clemson right now at 5-1? to one? I don't, I'm, I'm not buying it right now. I think there may be an eight-win football team this year. Yeah, quickly, Joe, I'm not buying them now, but long-term, if there were futures into 2023, I love the hire of Mario Cristobal. I think it'll benefit Miami big time uh, down the road. Yeah, when we come back, Rich and I will break down some other teams in the ACC. We'll also transition to the Big 12. Joe Lisi and Rich Sermonello right here on The Great. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation. 
with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. Every day, our world gets a little more connected, but a little further apart. But then there are moments that remind us to be more human. Thank you for calling Amica Insurance. Hey, uh, I was just in an accident. Don't worry, we'll get you taken care of. At Amica, we understand that looking out for each other isn't new or groundbreaking. It's human. Amica, empathy is our best policy. It's one thing falling in love with a house, picturing yourself moving in and calling it home, and quite another navigating the world of price negotiating, mortgage lenders, and finding the budget that works best for you. An agent who's a Realtor can make understanding that world easier. Realtors have the expertise, access to proprietary data, and tools to help you get from imagining living somewhere to actually doing it. That's the kind of help we can provide. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. coverage of the ACC we talked a little bit about Clemson and NC State and some of the teams that could challenge the Tigers in the Atlantic let's turn our attention to the coastal and we brought up the Miami Hurricanes they are five to one to challenge Clemson in terms of winning the ACC championship but when you look in the conference in the coastal right now Rich they are the favorites at plus 125 on the board and that's Pretty interesting considering that Mario Cristobal does come there. He's a former player. He's a former alum taking over for where Manny Diaz had this program. Tyler Van Dyke, of a good quarterback. I know he's on many Heisman watch lists right now at 18-1. to 1. But in order for Miami to not only win the Coastal but challenge Clemson as a real leader within the ACC, that defensive front seven needs to step up. You can't get abused the way you did last year in a non-conference game by Michigan State and Kenneth Walker. Yeah, Joe, it's a great point. And, and, and that's the reason why I'm a believer in Mario Cristobal long-term, not so much in 2022, is when he builds a program, whether it was FIU back in the day uh, or Oregon for the, for the brief time that he was in Eugene, he did it along the line of scrimmage. It was offensive line and defensive line. Uh, former offensive lineman, uh, you know, coached briefly with Nick Saban at Alabama. So he knows what it takes to win games, to win championships, and it happens at the line of scrimmage. Now, Miami is weak on both lines and has been, especially on the offensive line, for a very long time. I mean, my, Miami is not Miami in large part because of the line play. And I think Mario Cristobal will, will build up through recruiting will build through the transfer portal, and you'll see better line play by the second half of the season this year heading into 2023. Now, can they win the Coastal? Yes. I mean, Coastal's wide open at this point. But two teams I want to quickly point out just to get your take on. Pittsburgh, I'm not abandoning the Pittsburgh ship just because Kenny Pickett graduated uh, and Jordan Addison is now at USC. Still a lot of talent. I, I, I become increasingly impressed by Pat Narduzzi just to be a good, solid coach. He's not an elite coach, but he builds up defenses. His defenses overachieve. His defenses get to the quarterback about as well as anyone in the country. Uh, and he does have Keaton Slovis at quarterback. He has Kanata Mumfield from, from Akron, who I think is going to quickly become a star in the ACC at wide receiver. So... I think Pitt is still poised to compete for the Coastal. And then the other one I'd like your take on, Joe, is Virginia. I know the defense is abysmal, and it's going to take a couple of years for Tony Elliott to turn that unit around. But just on offense alone, led by Brendan Armstrong, I think Virginia might be able to outscore enough teams to be in this Coastal race in November. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I, I think if we're looking at a team outside of the Miami Hurricanes, I turn to the Pitt 
Panthers because not just the offense in terms of Keaton Slovis, but obviously the defensive front. And we talk about, you know, dominant defenses, stopping the run and getting to the quarterback. That's what Pat Narduzzi has done over the past three seasons in Pittsburgh, right? Uh, it took him a while to get those type of players, but 50-plus sacks last year, holding opposing offenses to less than 95 yards on the ground. When you could do that, you're putting opposing offenses into one-dimensional third-down type of situations and you could get off the field and provide your off, uh, your offense short fields and more opportunities to score points and that's what they've done so I agree with you I am curious though to see what this pit offense does look like not just without Kenny Pickett but more importantly Mark Whipple the offensive coordinator that's now on the sidelines with Scott Frost and the Nebraska Cornhuskers because now you know this offense might rely back on the running game that was non-existent a year ago they only have in the area of about 100 rushing yards per game. That needs to change if they want to sustain drives and get more back to a balanced attack. That's what Narduzzi called out Whipple with in terms of the press conference for the ACC, right? He called out Whipple because he didn't want to rush on Wake Forest in terms of the ACC championship game. So I am curious to see how Pitt, Pitt's offense does look, especially week one in the backyard brawl. It's a good call, Joe. I, I, I think if you're Pat Narduzzi, if you're pit football out in Western Pennsylvania, if you're winning with defense, and, and I know they have opened up the passing a game. That's that's how Kenny Pickett became a, a first round draft pick of the of the Steelers. That's fine, and and that's where we're at in 2022. But I still think there needs to be balance. I think the Pitt Panthers have to be able to to run the ball. You don't have Kenny Pickett any longer. You don't have Jordan Addison. Uh, the passing game is not going to be as prolific. It's not a given. Um, but I, I might be in the minority here. I like Keaton Slovis. I've been impressed watching film of him in his first two years at USC. Uh, looks to me like a next-level quarterback. He kind of got lost in, in the shuffle with, uh, with Clay Helton, and then ultimately Jackson Dart was taking some reps away last year. Things got messy at USC, but I think he throws a great ball, throws a terrific deep uh, deep ball. And again, Kanata Mumfield is ready to be the wide receiver, the go-to guy. He's an Akron wide receiver last year out of Georgia, uh, came out of nowhere, had a fantastic rookie season. Uh, I think he blossoms into a star. They have quality at tight end, always have under Pat Narduzzi. So I, I think there's enough there, not as talented a team as last year, but enough there to win a watered-down coastal division, which still has Georgia Tech. Virginia Tech is finding itself. Uh, North Carolina, Joe, I, I don't know what to expect from UNC. And I think if they go south, you know, Mac Brown might start to look to say, yeah, I don't know, maybe the game has passed me by and it's time to step aside once again. Yeah, totally agree, and I'll talk to you about Mumfield. Big play wide receiver. If you haven't watched him in the biggest games on the Zip schedule against the better defenses in the MAC, he has stepped up, big body, great hands, and goes up and, and gets the football. That's what you want, especially in a cold weather environment uh, in Pittsburgh. So we'll see if he has a dynamic first year with the Pitt Panthers. I will say this. She asked me about Virginia before I talk about Mac Brown. I think Brennan Armstrong could potentially be the best quarterback in the conference. I really believe that in terms of just his attributes, about 6'5". He's a lefty, 235 pounds, but he's mobile too. He is like a Steve Young type of player. If we're talking next level talent, talent Rich, in terms of NFL prospects, I think Brennan Armstrong could be a potential first rounder, not maybe top 10, but I think he could definitely be in that area of 15 to 32 for a potential NFL organization. The biggest thing for me is, you know, Bronco Mendenhall is a very good coach and we go from Bronco Mendenhall that was just 500 last year at 6-6 six and six to Tony Elliott and if you're watching the, uh, Clemson's offense with him and Jeff Scott they had balance but with Tony Elliott calling the plays they were one dimensional with DJU couldn't run the football as effectively in the first half of the season is that a concern because they do lose their big play tight end Jelani Woods that's no longer there at 6-7 and the running game for Virginia was basically not non-existent as well, only averaging a buck 21 on the ground last year. 
Well, I, and I'll take it a step further too. My my other concern is the offensive line, which which lost their best offensive lineman to Michigan through the transfer portal. Uh, so protecting Brendan Armstrong is going to be a concern this year. I expect to see a lot of shootouts, a lot of massive numbers from Armstrong. Uh, and not only Armstrong, but his wide receivers. He's got a very talented group of wide receivers led by Dontavian Wicks uh, on the outside. Lavelle Davis, who, you know, he might be, he's a wide receiver, but he might be the Jelani Woods in that offense in that he's a huge target with big hands, uh, not the speedy outside guy that Wicks is. So more so on the uh, slot, the interior I expect to see Lavelle Davis have a big season coming back from injury. So, yeah, I think Virginia's going to be dangerous just because they could score points. I expect to see a lot of entertaining 45-41, 48-45 type games in Charlottesville. Uh, So fun first year for Tony Elliott. Not saying they'll win the Coastal, but they could be a dangerous factor. I really would love your take on Mac Brown because last year – was so disappointing. If he cannot bounce back this year, and I don't see the talent pool uh, right now right. in Chapel Hill, especially in the quarterback room. If he can't bounce back this year, I, I, it, it might be time to hand the reins off to somebody else. Without a doubt, I, I agree with you. And I equated the Mac Brown situation to Will Muschamp in year number one at South Carolina. Remember, he went 9-4 and four his first year with Jake Bentley. The expectations were through the roof in Columbia, and it was a slow regression ever, ever since. And then Will Muschamp was out of, out of a job. Same thing with Mac Brown. You overexceed expectations with Sam Howell in year one. They, the, they're there as the front runners for the ACC last season. They limped to a 7-6 and six overall record. Yeah, great. They beat Wake Forest. But everybody was able to move the football on Wake Forest's defense. I look at North Carolina's defense, Rich. They were one of the worst in terms of the conference last year, giving up 35 points per game and over 400 total yards to opposing offenses. And you're right. Unless they change that, they're not going to compete with some of the other teams. And I give Virginia, I give other teams in the in the Coastal as well, Pitt and Miami, a better opportunity to knock them off. I think if we're looking, you know, potentially worse teams in the ACC Coastal, North Carolina could be there with Georgia Tech this season. Yeah, I t- totally agree, Joe. Uh, uncertainty at quarterback. The one player I love is Josh Downs at wide receiver. But there's really a lot of um, – There's a lot of concern at many positions. Offensive line, they could be using freshmen along the offensive line. The defensive talent, Miles Murphy up front, a quality player who could play on Sundays, but the back seven is just average. I I think they've done a poor job uh, over the past couple of years building on what he had in his debut. And, you know, North Carolina at best looks like a 6-6 and team to me this year. Yeah, totally agree. When we come back, we'll break down the Big 12, Joe Lisi and Ritz Sermonello right here on the grid talking futures, talking conference odds. We're coming right back with the Big 12. Keep it where it is. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a house. It's your home, the place that's filled with memories. The early days of figuring it out to the later years of still figuring it out. For the place you've put down roots, trust Amica Home Insurance. Amica, empathy is our best policy. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 
on Football Full Circle right here on the Sports Grid Television and Radio Network. Joe Lisi and Rich Sermonello talking all things college football. Left off with the conference odds for the ACC. We talked about all the top teams in the Atlantic and Coastal. Going to turn our attention to the AP poll that's coming out later this month. And the coaches poll came out on Monday, Rich. No surprise at the top spot with Alabama in the lead role. Everybody in terms of the coaches believe the Alabama Crimson Tide are the best team to beat this season, followed by Ohio State and C.J. Stroud, the defending national champions, Georgia Bulldogs, Rich. And one coach out there in America gave the Texas Longhorns one vote as the best team in the country to start the season. Is this hype or was this Steve Sarkeesian trying to pump up all the fans and boosters in Austin? Man, if that's Sark, he should have his head examined. That's the last thing you want to do. I, I don't think he wants. Um, I don't think he wants more hype right now. It makes his job a lot harder when people vote Texas to be number one or predict Texas to win the Big Twelve. I just think he would prefer to have lower expectations right now, and and quite frankly, for good reason. Uh, you know. Uh, we talked about Virginia in the last segment, uh, high-powered offense, the ability to throw the ball around the field, skill position talent, but concerns on defense and the offensive line. That applies to Texas too, Joe. Uh, I, I think it's going to be a blast to watch the development of Quinn Ewers. Uh, has a tremendous arm, former five-star uh, quarterback. You got one of the best, if not the best, running back in the country in Bijan Robinson, loaded at wide receiver led by Xavier Worthy and Isaiah Nayor. Uh, Jaleel Billingsley, the tight end, comes over from Alabama. They're going to be an absolute blast to watch offensively, but they're going to be leaning on offensive uh, linemen that are in their first year or second year redshirt freshmen. And again, defensively, you know, much like we said about Virginia, like I, I, Texas's defense is just okay. The, the def defensive backfield was brutal last year. Uh, I don't think they'll be that much better this year. So let's tap the brakes again on Texas. Let's get them to a bowl game first. One thing I want to point out that, uh, you know, needs to be discussed is Stark did a really good job in terms of recruiting, spent most of his recruiting capital working the offensive line and the defensive line. And it's exactly what he's going to need to do to compete in the SEC in a couple of years. Yeah, absolutely. They lost six or seven down the stretch. They beat Kansas State in the last regular season game and and limped to a, a five and seven overall record. You talk about the front seven. They allowed 195 rushing yards to opposing offenses. And I said it before, Kennedy Brooks is still running on that defense from a year ago in terms of that matchup in Dallas where they had a 28 to seven first half lead and allowed it to slip. The biggest thing is like when you look at Texas right now, it's like they're building in terms of the old Big 12, right? With, with the skilled talent, B. John, Quinn Yours, Xavier Worthy, Billingsley, like you mentioned, all those playmakers. And the conference is not offensive heavy anymore. When you look at the two teams that played for a Big 12 championship last year, Baylor and Oklahoma State, they were built the same way in terms of running the football and relying on big physical defenses that could stop teams at the point of attack. And, and that's not what Texas is right now. They need to figure it out because the conference is changing to a defensive mindset. And unless they could step up on that side of the ball, I don't think they're an eight-win football team this year. I put them right in the area of about six and six, seven and five overall. And that September matchup, September 10th against Nick Saban in the top-ranked Alabama Crimson Tide offense, that defense will get a test early in terms of whether they can stand and hold up and run support. Yeah, Joe, there's there's no way in that matchup uh, will they stop Bryce Young. They have no ability to impact the pocket. Uh, they have no pass rushers right now uh, who can pressure Bryce Young. I think Jameer Gibbs will run and receive all day on that Texas defense. But again, I think the interesting thing will be what does Quinn Yours bring to that offense? Can Bijan do something in the running game, uh, running game against Alabama? But, you know, you're right. I mean, this looks like a traditional Big 12 team, which is not a good thing these days, uh, neither for winning the Big 12 or for competing in the SEC. Uh, but Sark is no dummy. He's a smart coach. I think he realizes it. And again, you saw that with the recruits that he got. Uh, Devon Campbell up front, five-star offensive lineman. Kelvin Banks, massive five-star offensive lineman. Those are the types of players 
that the horns need moving forward to compete uh, today and then compete in the future. It's got to be more than just skill position talent. They need defensive linemen. They need pass rushers. They need big physical corners to defend against the pass. It's a work in progress. So uh, I think you're on the money. It's a, it's a good team. Is it a 10-win team this year? I just don't think so. It's an incomplete program as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, when you look at the Big 12 odds right now up on FanDuel, the two front runners to win the Big 12, usual suspects, Oklahoma and Texas right now. Texas is a two and a half, one, two, excuse me, plus 250 to win the Big 12, followed by both Baylor and Oklahoma State at six to one. Both of those teams played in, in the championship game last year, came down to the last play with Desmond Jackson being denied by the Baylor defense. But I have to be honest, Rich, the team that I think will win the, the trophy and win the title this year is Mike Gundy in, in Oklahoma State. I like what they have from an offensive perspective. A veteran quarterback in Spencer Sanders came on down the stretch, especially in the bowl game against Notre Dame. And that defense, minus Jim Knowles, their defensive coordinator, they still have talent up front. This is a defense that... I, that did record 56 total sacks last year in 14 games, right? That's four per game and held opposing offenses to 28% on third down conversions. They get defensive coordinator Derek Mason over from Auburn. I think they're going to win the conference. I think they're the most complete team heading into 2022. And Mike Gundy potentially could get this team to the college football playoff if they win the Big 12 this year. You like one team at six to one. I like another. I'm going to go back to the defending champs and, and Baylor. I, I love the philosophy, the mindset of Dave Aranda, defensive minded, uh, building a roster that is constructed on speed and physicality, uh, exactly what he had at pass stops uh, from as far back as Utah State to, to LSU, just a terrific defensive minded coach. Uh, Blake Shapin is now the, the quarterback. I think they'll have an improved passing game. So I like Baylor. But my overall theme, Joe, for the Big 12 is that it's wide open. I, I think this is going to be an entertaining conference throughout the month of November. Curious to see how much success Brent Venables can have uh, at Oklahoma right out of the gate. I mentioned a couple of weeks ago on the show that uh, Dylan Gabriel, for me, is beginning to shape up as a dark horse Heisman candidate that he like. I think he's going to have a huge uh, season, uh, the former UCF quarterback, huge season with the Sooners. I think he's going to be terrific in that passing game uh, for Brent Venables. But, but again, Big 12 is going to be wide open. It's going to be fun. Uh, you now have TCU, which was built for years by Gary Patterson and that vanilla offense. Uh, now being run by Sonny Dyke. So I think you'll see some some more fireworks out of Fort Worth. Uh, I think this is just going to be an entertaining conference. And listen, don't forget Iowa State. You know, when, when you least expect it, Matt Campbell will, will come up with a team uh, that surprises opponents and has a seven or eight win season. So, yeah, it's going to be a fun conference from top to bottom this year. Yeah, I agree with you with Matt Campbell. As a favorite, not so good, especially in three games last year. You know, you look at West Virginia in games like Baylor where they're big favorites. They can't cover and lose the ball game outright. But when Matt Campbell is an underdog and not expected to, to overachieve, that's when he's the most dangerous, right? He likes to run the football. They stop the run. Very disciplined defense. Even though they lose their star leader, Mike Rose, I think they're going to be there. They're 18-1 to 1 on FanDuel. They're worth a shot right now. I, I said them, Iowa State, and Texas Tech. I'm buying into the Joey McGuire hype train. I think he's done a fantastic job in terms of embracing the, the, the student and more importantly, his players, they, they have a team type of mentality, something that maybe was lacking under Matt Wells. There's a ton of talent there. You know, you look at the quarterbacks that are battling it out right now, Donovan Smith from last year and Tyler Shuck, the former Oregon quarterback, two big play running backs, Taj Brooks and Saroderick Thompson that averaged over five yards per carry. And this defense... I think went under the radar in the Big 12 last year, Rich. They held eight of 13 opponents under 100 yards rushing. They were 6-2 and two in those games and won those games by 12.6 points per game. They were an athletic defense that could run sideline to sideline. 
They're not getting a lot of love in terms of the conference odds right now, 50-1 to to potentially win the Big 12. I think they could be an eight-win football team. I think they could be right where maybe Kansas State is viewed in terms of being that maybe next-tier type of team to challenge the top four in the conference. Keep an eye out for Joey McGuire and the Red Raiders this year. Yeah, which, Joe, that makes that over five and a half look very appealing. If, if you're thinking of the Red Raiders at seven or eight wins this year, you could be sitting pretty by the uh, opening weekend of November. Uh, one of my favorite Red Raiders, I'll take it to defense, Tyree Wilson, who has yep. yet to break out, has the size, has the explosiveness, the get off off the edge. Tyree Wilson is one of the breakout candidates, not just in Lubbock, but in the entire Big 12. I think he has superstar potential as an edge rusher. So that entire team, not just offensively, but defensively, I think is going to move a little bit faster, have a little more sense of urgency than they did over the past couple of seasons. I'm going to take it a little bit deeper into the uh, uh, the bowels of the Big 12. I'm going all <laughs> the way down to Lawrence, Kansas. Uh, I'm not suggesting in any way. I have not uh, taken a shot to the head this morning. I'm not suggesting Kansas is uh, is good money for winning the conference, but you know, for me, whenever I break down a college football program, I know you do this uh, too, Joe. You could simplify it and look at the coaching staff. Uh, you could look at the quarterback play. I'm a big fan of Lance Leopold. Now in his second season at Kansas, got a late start last year. Really didn't get an opportunity. Uh, to recruit, to work with his program. Uh, slow start, got better as the season progressed. I think, uh, I, and correct me if I'm wrong, that number is two and a half, the under over yeah. for the season, the futures for Kansas. At two and a half, I think Kansas sets up well to have a three or four win season. I know that's not you know reason for a parade, but I think they go over their number because the coach has done it before. He's a program builder. Uh, used a lot of young kids last year, especially behind center. So Kansas is going to be improved. I, I, I think they do well in their non-conference schedule, pull one or two Big 12 wins, and, and, and finish over that two and a half this season. I'm with you, and, and Leipold did that at Buffalo, right? You know, coached up the offensive, defensive line play, and look at the three games down the stretch for uh, that that team in, in Kansas. They went toe to toe with Caleb Williams. They were a 28 and a half point yeah. dog, 30 point dog. They they were winning the ball game in the fourth quarter, right? They went toe to toe with TCU and West Virginia, some of the middle teams in the conference. So in year one, th those players understood the scheme, and now in year two, you should see progression. I'll go under on two teams in particular, Rich. I'm sold. Uh, I'm selling K-State with Adrian Martinez. I know they overachieved last year, but Sonny Dykes, in terms of year one with TCU, I think he's up against it from a defensive perspective, and I think Chandler Morris should get the edge over Max Duggan in terms of the TCU quarterback spot this year. Yeah, quickly, in terms of TCU, I like O'Shawn Mathis. Uh, got him. Uh, uh, I lost him, actually, which is a big concern for the TCU defense. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a house. It's your home, the place that's filled with memories. The early days of figuring it out to the later years of still figuring it out. For the place you've put down roots, trust Amica Home Insurance. Amica, empathy is our best policy. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, rounding out the first hour, we left off in last segment talking about two teams in particular that I'm down on, TCU and Kansas State. I want to get Rich's take in terms of the quarterback situation. Skyler Thompson moves on to the NFL. Now, former Nebraska Cornhusker Adrian Martinez comes over in Manhattan. I love Deuce Vaughn in terms of a versatile type of running back, Rich, but I don't know if Adrian Martinez can elevate this team to the next level. I picked him at 6-6 overall. A lot of expectations for Martinez to potentially lead lead this team to a Big 12 title. I don't see it in in this season. I just think from a turnover perspective, Adrian Martinez is not the answer. Yeah, I I wish I could get six wins uh, for Kansas State. I would take the over. I do think they're a better program than that. Big fan of their coach, Chris Kleiman, tends to be an overachiever, tends to coach up his kids. I think he'll – actually a good good coach, too, for uh, for gamblers – my yeah. big concern you touched on, uh, Joe, I, I think it's just the turnovers of Adrian Martinez. Deuce Vaughn, one of the top running backs in the country, uh, solid offensive line play, solid defensive line play. There's a lot to like about K-State this year, but it was an odd choice. Of all the quarterbacks in the transfer portal, you, you take the one guy who never developed under Scott Frost, gives it away too often. I, I'm with you. That's my big concern. I, I would take them at 7-5 and five this year. Uh, but not to win the Big 12. No, I'm with you. And I love Chris Kleiman as well. I mean, in big spots as an underdog, you bet K-State in in terms of those matchups within the Big 12. So we'll see if Martinez can do it. Maybe the offense transforms a little in terms of Martinez utilizing his legs a little bit more, but expecting him to be better than where Skylar Thompson was at the end of last season. I don't think Adrian Martinez is that type of player but we'll, only time will tell. We'll see if he can elevate this team to a potential seven or eight win season. When Rich and I return in next hour, we'll be talking with John Talty, uh, author about Nick Saban's leadership principles, why he wins each and every year. Keep aware of this. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. A lot can happen between falling in love with a house online and owning it, between imagining living there and breathing in your new home for the first time. Having an advocate who can help you navigate the complex world of financing, inspections, negotiating, analyzing the market, and talking through any anxieties that may pop up, that can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a Realtor can do for you. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors and bound by a code of ethics. Because that's who we are.